So what we're going to do is we're going to start with our memory verse this morning. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but out, out there where Danae is sitting, um, you know, where we sign in or where, where you signed in or registered, we have some new memory verse cards. So if you've lost yours, this has a little bit uh, different format. But we are, if you're new to the group, we are uh, memorizing Psalm 103 this year. So we memorized uh, the first, I think, 12 verses last semester, maybe a little bit more. I can't read <laughs> Those little numbers. But, um, and now we'll finish the rest of it this semester. So for those of you who are, are working on it, and there's still time, we've got um, another eight weeks, I believe, so um, to, for you to memorize all of these. And it's really, a lot of these will be familiar to you, or they're repetitive, so I just want to encourage you guys to memorize these. Um, it's been fun as we've studied, and some of these verses have just come alive, and it makes more sense as we go through Exodus, and God reveals himself to us. So I just want to encourage you guys, there will be prizes for those of you who are able to complete it. So yeah, and they'll be good. So it is something to be excited about. Okay, so let's start at, with Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is revealed like the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As the Father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Sounds good, guys. I think we got a little shaky on that last one, but... That could just be me. <laughs> so you guys are doing great. So keep up the good work. Um, so um, the only announcements that I really have today are on February 10th. You should have it in your, um, on your calendar thing that we gave you, your schedule. Um, and then you also should have gotten an email this last week from Danae that has a sign-up link. But on February 10th, we're having our all-campus luncheon. So your leader will talk to you about it this morning. Um, but it is uh, just, it, it will be, there is no training ground that morning. So you'll be in your classrooms or maybe you can go somewhere else. Um, Y'all decide with your groups. But you need to go get your children at 12 and maybe pack a lunch for them or you can buy a lunch for them. Uh, just no nuts in the lunch. And then go join your group wherever y'all decide to meet. So it is just a fun time to let your other ladies in your group get to know your kids if you have kids, which is always, that was always fun for us whenever we did that. Um, and then I think that's really all the announcements I have. Does anyone, am I thinking? Okay. 
All right. Well, I guess we're good. Let me pray for us. And then uh, Meredith is going to come up and do our teaching. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I know that we've had some bumps in the road this morning as far as um, literal bumps in the road with or uh, traffic or children being sick. Lord, and we just put it all at your feet. Lord, I just pray, God, as we dive into your commandments and the covenant that we have with you, the one that you've made with us, God, we just thank you for providing for us. We thank you that you love us, that you protect us, and that you give us what we need. And so, Father, as as we um, delve into the scripture that we studied this week, this morning, I pray that you would help uh, Meredith just to speak clearly. I pray that you would help her to... Um, just arise above anything that the enemy has that wants to stop her from speaking. And I pray that she'll be able to speak your truth and lead us all into your truth. And we just thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. you guys weren't expecting that this morning, were you? <laughs> Do you like my Jedi robe? Nice. Nice. Good morning. Good morning. This, I've been looking for a way to use my son's lightsaber. He was so excited that I was using this this morning. He wanted to come and join me with that. Awesome. Well, I couldn't wait to start our study in the second half of Exodus. This is awesome. I cannot wait to dive in. But I want us to, as we study, ladies, I want us to not just learn about what's going on with the Israelites. I don't want us to just memorize what the Ten Commandments are. I desire this morning for you guys to literally transport yourself into Scripture. Right? Why do I want you to do that? Because this isn't just the Israelite story, ladies. This is our story, right? The Israelites were delivered. We're delivered. This is our story. We are God's people. He delivered us from sin and bondage. And we are now at the foot of the mountain ourselves, waiting for further instruction on how to live. Ladies, this is our Jedi training. 
I promise I will not use any more Star Wars analogies again. So the last half of our study, here we are. But it's not the last half. It's actually just the beginning. It's the beginning of God revealing himself to his people. It's the beginning of the Hebrew people getting to know who their deliverer is. And it's you and I spending the next nine weeks discovering our Lord and Savior in intimate and beautiful ways that we have never known before. That's my heart for you this morning, ladies. I hope you will join me as we just immerse ourselves in God's word. My prayer for all of you, sweet sisters, is that you will get to know our God, his heart, his mind, his plans, and his purpose for you. God is personal and he is intimate and he wants to get to know you. So let's, let's open this morning in prayer. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your healing over me. Thank you for each woman in this room that they are here, sitting here to learn and know who you are. Lord, I just am so thankful that your Holy Spirit is just right here with us, Lord. So just guide us, lead us. Let these words be your words, Lord, and not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so ladies, we are in Exodus 19 and 20. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to get your Bibles out. We're not going to stay in Exodus 19 and 20, so get ready, because your fingers are going to do lots of walking through Scripture today. Okay, so we're in Exodus 19 and 20. Just to give you a little bit of background, the people have come through out of Egypt, through the water. They've wandered into um, the wilderness. And now where are they? Who can tell me where they are? They're at the foot of where? Mount Sinai. Sinai. That's exactly right. Well, why are they there? Why are we wandering in the wilderness? And why are we on Mount Sinai? So this is our first flipping. Go back to Exodus 3, 12. And we're going to read Exodus 3.12 together. You ready? We are, just to give you a little recap while you're turning, we are at Mount Sinai. And God is going to speak to his people through a burning bush. And I loved what Sue said last week. She said, the fire burned, but it did not consume. Okay, so let's read together. Verse 12. And he said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have seen you, I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And where are they, ladies? On the mountain, right? Three months to the day, they are right there on that mountain. I think that's pretty amazing. And what that tells me is that God is our promise keeper, ladies. He will always do exactly what he says he would do. And another part of that verse that I love is it says that first sentence, I will be with you. God sent Moses to do mighty things, but he didn't do it alone. He did it because God is with him. And God is with us because God is Emmanuel. So here we are. We've started out. We haven't even dove into chapter 19, and already we can say that God is our promise keeper, and God is Emmanuel. Pretty amazing. All right, so flip back to chapters 19 and 20. We're at the foot of Mount Sinai. God has brought the people 
out of bondage and to where? The wilderness, the desert, dry, sparse, ugly, possibly snakes, right? I'm not sure what it looked like, but y'all probably have a visual of what the desert looked like. But why the wilderness? Why did he bring them there? So my first thought is he brought them away from the distractions of Egypt, away from the distractions of their sin and the world. And where did he bring them? To a mountain to glorify him, to glorify him. And what else? He brought them to a place where there was nothing, nothing to see, nothing to do, nothing to distract them. He brought them to himself, to himself. Wow, beautiful. He brought them out of Egypt, out of bondage, but why the wilderness? Gosh, you know, we've all been there, haven't we? We've all been there in a place where sin has distracted us. We've been in Egypt. We've been in that sinful place, but we've also been in a place where we're like, why am I here, God? Why do you have me here? What do you have for me? And all I have to say is because he wants you all to himself. All to himself, ladies. Could it be that he wants to take away all the distractions of life so that he can get you to himself, so he can show you and tell you who he is and what he has for you? There is no better place to be, ladies, than with the Lord. And there is no greater gift on this whole earth, in heaven and on earth and below the earth, than God himself. Verse 4 says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. What a sweet verse. I hope that jumped off the pages of Scripture to you. Let's flip. What does it remind you of? I hope it reminds you of a familiar verse. So flip with me, Isaiah 40, verse 31. So if you're in Exodus, you're going to flip over further into the Old Testament, past the Psalms, into Isaiah. And it says, They who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not grow weary. They shall run and not grow faint. I love that. Your strength will be renewed and you will be able to run. Ladies, God wants to remove all the distractions of sin that entangles you. And he wants you to soar. You know, I was getting out of breath kind of when I came up on stage with the sword. That's not what it's like at all. He's going to allow you to soar. Have you ever seen an eagle soar? It is beautiful and smooth. And what is it? It is high above all distractions. That's what God wants for us. Pretty wonderful. Okay, so there they are at the foot of the mountain before God himself. And what does God do right there? He makes a second covenant. Now he's already made a first covenant back in Genesis 12 with Abraham. It's the Abrahamic covenant. And that covenant was an unconditional covenant. It was God promising Abraham three things. He was promising that he would make his name famous from now into eternity. He was promising that he would make his descendants outnumber the grains of sand. And he was promising land as far as from the east is from the west and the north is from the south. 
So it was totally unconditional. But this is different. God is now going to make a second covenant with Moses, the Mosaic covenant, and it is conditional. So read with me in verses 5 and 6. It says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. This covenant was given to the nation of Israel so that they would know how they should conduct themselves as a holy nation. So I'm going to kind of tell you a little bit of background with these laws. For the next three weeks, we're going to cover God's law. So this week, the first law God gives is the commandments. This part of the law is telling them personally how they should behave morally. It's given in Exodus 20. Then next week, we're going to cover the second part of the law. And this part of the law is the judgments. This is also called the civil law. And this is chapters 21 through 23. And this is how the people needed to govern themselves with each other. And then we're going to have the third part of the law. This is the final law, and this is called the ceremonial law or the religious law. And this is how people are instructed to approach God, how to, how to love him well. And that is in 23 and 24. So I know that's kind of confusing. Is everyone with me on that? Three parts of the law? Okay, so let's move on. They're kind of up there, so you can write them down. Take a deep breath. I love the law. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I love, love studying the law. But ladies, I don't want to move on from here. There's three parts of the law until I tell you that the law was given and it was beautiful, but the law was not meant for salvation. It is not given to save us. It is just a means for, hey, you're my holy people. Now let me tell you how to be holy. But we can't be holy, can we? God gave us these laws, but he had already delivered the people of Egypt. He delivered them and then he gave them the laws. He delivered them and they were saved by the Passover lamb. So by faith, in Hebrews eleven twenty nine, it says by faith they passed through the water. But ladies, this is not a means of salvation for us. Exodus is just a picture, a physical picture of what the cross did for us. We are saved by grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. By grace you have been saved through faith. Not by yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Not by our works so that no one could boast. This, ladies, is how we are saved. By our Passover lamb, the Passover lamb, the king of kings, our king of kings. Exodus is a sweet picture for us. But we are saved by grace. We are not saved by this. This is a checklist, right? How often do we just say, hey, you know what? I can do this. We believe that we're saved by grace, right? We're be- we believe this, but then all of a sudden we, we go back to this. I got to check this box. How am I doing? How am I performing? No, it's not how we perform. It's how he performed. It's what he did already. That's how we are saved. God's acceptance and approval of us 
is not based on our performance. It is based on his love for us and how he poured it out on the cross. Amen, ladies? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for pouring out your love for us on the cross. So then then what? Why did he even give the law? Why did he do that? I mean, if it's me, a lot of times um, I think, well, you know, I'm already saved by grace, so really I can totally do this, right? Sometimes my desire to obey God looks a lot like my children's desire to obey me. Mom, do I have to do that? Mom, come on, I just really don't want to do that. Right? Anybody's children sound like that? (laughs) Just that, I really don't want to obey you right now, Mom. Well, let me give you a little bit of advice. I was looking up scripture. This is my motherly advice. And Jeremiah 7.23 says, and you can just look at your child and be like, obey my commandments and it will go well with you. (laughs) Or how about this one? This is another scripture in um, John where it says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. (laughs) Right? I bet, you know, that's how we think sometimes God is saying, what God is saying to us. But as a mom, that's not how I feel. I want my children to obey because I see that this is the best thing for you. I love you and I want it to go well with you. That's why I want you to obey same with our heavenly father. He looks at us and he says, the reason I give these is because I want it to go well with you. That's how God loves us. Loves us well that way, doesn't he, ladies? So in verse five and six, it says to, he says to his people, obey me so because you will, be a tre- you will be treasured among all people. You will be a kingdom of holy priests a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Why do we heed God's word? Why do we obey his commandments? Well, flip with me, another flipping. Psalm 19, nine through 10. Give you a second. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired than gold, even fine gold. Sweeter than honey, drippings of the honeycomb. Is that how we look at God's law? Hmm. And then I love this, what Jesus said to us in John 14. If anyone loves me, he will obey my commandments. How are we doing, ladies, with obeying God's commandments? They're not just these random things written on tablets of stone. They are for us for a reason. So Moses, he goes down the mountain and he says to the people, hey, are you ready? Are you going to obey? God says, if you obey me and you hear my word, if you hear my word and obey it, guess what? You're going to be treasure to everybody. You're going to be a kingdom, a priest, and you're going to be a holy nation. And what is their response? They're like, sign me up. That's what I would say. Sign me up. I'm all about that. They were all in. And so then Moses walks, walks back up the mountain. I swear this guy was in such good shape. (laughs) He went up and down that mountain more times. Man. So he goes to God and he says, this is the response of the people. They're going to obey you. They're going to obey your commandments. And what does God say to them? The people said yes. And God says, great. I'm coming down 
get ready. If I was Moses, I think my mouth would drop. You're coming down? You're coming down. After all that back and forth, you're going to come down and actually talk to the people and be with the people? He says, yep, great. I'm coming down. Get ready. And ladies, this is the part that just gave me goosebumps over and over again. Look at what he says in verses 10 and 11. The Lord says to Moses, go tell the people, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. This is amazing to me. Ladies, what big event happened on the third day? The resurrection, right? The resurrection. God is coming to meet his people on the third day. And Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, allowing us to meet God. He came out of that tomb on that Sunday morning, he rose from the dead so that our relationship was healed with God. And here he is in Exodus saying, on the third day, I'm gonna come and meet my people. Ladies, you and I get to meet God because of what happened on the third day. Wow. That is amazing. And then let's take that just a step further. It says, today and tomorrow, consecrate yourselves. Well, the root word for consecrate in Hebrew is holy. When Jesus died on the first day and was buried and rose again, the first day, the second day, the third day, what was he doing? He was consecrating us. He was making us holy so that we could meet the Lord our God on the third day. Every bruise he received, every nail that was driven in was so you and I could be holy, set apart, a royal priesthood. He washed us white as snow. His blood ran red so that we were holy and could come before the Lord on that third day. You ladies, that just gives me goosebumps. That is just amazing to me, ladies. This is the word of God right here. Is it jumping off? Is, are you there? Are you transporting yourself right there to the foot of the mountain when God's going to come down? Mm. It's so good. So now turn with me to Deuteronomy 33.2. On the third day, there was thunder, and there was lightning, and there was clouds, and there was trumpets. And I want you to read, I'm going to kind of skim over this. The Lord came from Sinai. He shone forth. He came with a myriad of holy ones. Lady, this was an unbelievable sight. God was coming down, and it was awesome. It was unbelievable how awesome this was. Trumpets, thousands of trumpets blazing. 
It was amazing. Loud, overwhelming. The people were paralyzed with fear. It says in Hebrews that even Moses trembled with fear. Can you hear the mountains tremble? Can you hear them? What did God, ha- what, then what happened next? All of that. And they were paralyzed with fear and what happened? God spoke. God spoke. They heard his voice. Abraham had been talking to him for a while. He had talked to him. Moses had talked to him. He had talked to several people from this point. But this, ladies, was the first time that God would speak to the multitudes of people. You know, they had seen him work. They saw those waters parted. And now they were going to hear him speak. Ladies, we have been delivered just like the Egyptians were because of our faith in the Passover lamb. We saw what he did on the cross. And he speaks to us right here through this word. His word. Moses trembled, the people trembled, and God spoke. And ladies, he's still speaking to us today. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, I want to hear God speak. He's speaking. Have you opened your word? Because he wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you, just like he did to the people. This is God's word. His spirit and his word speak to us every single day. They heard his voice, and you can hear his voice too. It's for you. Deuteronomy 4, 11 through 13. And you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, and while the mountain was burning with fire to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud and gloom, the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of fire. You heard the sound of words, but you saw no form. There was only a voice. That is amazing. Are you there, ladies? Can you hear it? Can you hear God's voice? I want you to just close your eyes right now. I'm going to read scripture to you, and I want you to hear God's voice. How does it sound? It says, The glory thunders. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert like a roaring tornado ripping through the trees in its path. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare like a roaring waterfall, like the sound of rising waters. Can you hear it, ladies? This is God's voice. This is God's voice. I hope you're there. I hope he transported you there. Reading on in Deuteronomy 4, it says, He declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform. That is the Ten Commandments that he wrote on tablets of stone. He demonstrated his love and he speaks his word. God himself, the same God who the Israelites part the sea, spoke to them. I love that. It's written to you, ladies. It's written in your Bible. I hope you embrace that today. So that's our chapter 19, and I just skimmed the surface. It's pretty amazing. 
So here are my two awesome tablets. God did not carve these himself. This is carved by my husband, sweet John. Love him. And, you know, when we think of the law, that word is just kind of yucky, like the law, right? When I think of the law, I think that just means I can't speed in my car, right? <laughs> what do you think of? I think of something, you know, police officers. It's a list of do's and don'ts, right? We just, the law, what a yucky word, the law. But it is. It's a list of do's and don'ts. But this, is, this law is way more than that. This law is a law of love. God wrote his law because he loves his people. He adores his people. Turn to Matthew 22, 36 through 40. This is in the New Testament, the first book of the New Testament. And the Pharisees are questioning Jesus. And one of their lawyers comes to him and he says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. He wrote all these commandments. God did. And then Jesus said, they still exist. Love the Lord, your God. Love others. That's what this is. The first four are showing you how do you love the Lord? And the second is showing you how to love each other. Jesus fulfilled the law. He did not abolish it. Everything he did in the New Testament fulfilled what God had said in the Old Testament. Love God and love others. We obey the law because we have a God who laid down his life for us and was the perfect example of love. 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. 1 John 5.3, this is love for God to obey his commands and his commands will not be burdensome. And 2 John 6, this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. Ladies, on your, sh- on your chair was a separate sheet of paper. On one side, because I couldn't go into how amazing the law is, it will show you why we have the law. It will show you its purpose and its reason and our response to God's law. I hope you can take that and look up those verses and just be blessed by what the purpose of God's law is. It is a sweet resource. And then if you flip over, what I did was I gave you the Ten Commandments. But what else? I also took New Testament and Jesus and what he said, and I put them on there for you to look up and discover, hey, what and how do the Ten Commandments apply to me? You know, if we look at the Ten Commandments, they're, they're a lot. They're kind of heady. What do they mean? There's a lot there. I can't run through all of them, but I do want to walk you through what it would look like to apply the Ten Commandments to your life. And I did it a little bit on your sheet. So we're going to start with the first commandment. So the first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. Okay, well, I am not an Israelite, and I'm not an Egyptian, and I did not worship the sun god and the Nile River, and I don't worship frogs. I don't do that, right? We could easily say, you know what, this really doesn't apply to me. 
But ladies, I want to change that into a question to ask yourselves. Who is on the throne of your life? Who are you putting your trust in? Is it your job? Is it your husband? Is it other, what other people think of you? Is it how you look in the mirror? Are you on the throne of your life? Who's on your throne? That's how I want to translate this. It is so easy for us to forget that God is the God of everything. And we are to have only him on our throne. And so that's what it looks like. That's what I would love for you to do in your Ten Commandments is walk through that and find out, okay, it's not talking about frogs. It's talking about what in my life. And then let's skip down all the way to the Tenth Commandment. Thou shalt not covet. I picked this, ladies, because I don't go a day that I don't covet. And what came to my mind was comparison. Covet equals comparison. It means you are looking around at everything else around you and you are not looking up at him. You are looking at her body and her house and how well her kids are behaved or maybe how well, not how that your kids are better than her kids. I don't know which one you pick. You are looking around at everything else except for the God who made you in his image. We compare so easily, ladies. We even compare our walks with the Lord to other people's walks with the Lord. What she's doing at church and what I'm doing at church. He doesn't want that. The only person we're supposed to care, compare ourselves to is the Lord because he is holy and he is righteous. And guess what, ladies? Because of his son, we are righteous too. His righteousness is our righteousness. That's who we compare ourselves to. A God who loves us and covered us with the blood of the lamb so that when God sees us, all he sees is this beautiful picture of his image. Fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what he sees. Ladies, we get so distracted by the world And I want to leave today with you guys thinking of one picture. Leaving the distractions and going to the foot of that mountain and meeting God in his presence. Let him draw you to himself because that's where he's going to speak. And he's going to speak loud like thunder. And he's going to speak clear to you. Ladies, he loves you and he wants to speak to you. Are you letting him speak to you through his word? Did he speak to you today through his message? Did you hear him loud and clear that his grace is sufficient for us? That you are a kingdom of priests? You're actually a royal priesthood because Jesus is your king. You're not a physical kingdom like you were, like the Israelites were. You are actually a royal priesthood with the king of kings on his throne. I hope you heard that the law is for refining you, but it is by grace we have been saved. Listen up, ladies. Listen to God and what he has for you. 
He loves you. And he wants you to hear his voice talking to you. Let's pray. Lord, I just hold your word close. What are you trying to say to me, Lord? What do you have to say to me today? Show me who you are, Lord, through your word, through your spirit, Lord, speak to me. I pray for each heart here that they were able to enter in, that they were able to sit at the foot of the mountain and hear you speak. Lord, you are awesome. Thank you so much for your word that is living and active and always refining us. We love you dearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, ladies.